All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football Podcast. I'm Weston. With me as always, the right-hand man, Lou. This evening, we're going to take a look at the first seven to ten days or so of free agency, what's transpired, which teams have improved the most, which teams haven't. We'll discuss some of our favorite signings, but we're also going to spend a little bit of time early on here talking about the Los Angeles Chargers and what's transpired for them in free agency. Uh, more to come. Appreciate you tuning in. Sorry, Lou. I can't. I can't help but bob my head a little bit to a beat when it, when it's taking place. That fit, that doesn't that feel like a late '90s, early 2000s like hip hop beat to it. I kind of like it. I can totally feel like a picture like most Def or like Q-Tip or Talib Kweli like on that, just like, you know, spitting on that shit. I'm going to throw out Lupe Fiasco on that type, on that type okay. of beat only because okay. somebody texted me literally an hour ago and was like, dude, is Lupe Fiasco as legit as like, I guess he's just getting into like some of his, his throwbacks. I'm like, dude, Lupe is one of my top artists of all time. So, wow. but, but oh, I love Lupe Fiasco. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of hits, but for me, his hits are bangers, and and um, I'm into them, and they they play on repeat in that car um, time and time again. So but look at us, like was, big, look at us being look, big time with a little intro music now. You know what I mean, dude? West. Once upon a time, remember when we started, we were playing like I know we were half hip hop podcast, we were half well, NFL days, man. Yeah. But th- that copyright's a bitch, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, giving giving me all those warnings on YouTube, et cetera. But I, I get it. So, Lou, like I was saying before, I want to begin with the L.A. Um, Chargers, a little bit about their free agency. Um, obviously, over the last week or so, I put out a couple of videos on my own, um, focused, uh, you know, calling it the Island, Island 49. Um, it's just about talking about 49ers. Lou's going to start doing the same for the Los Angeles Chargers. But tonight, we're going to give him the floor. We're going to give him a few minutes to vent or whatever he needs to go through based on what the Chargers have done thus far um, during the free agency period. So, Lou, before we get to the rest of the NFL, I'm going to pass the mic to you. I'm going to allow you to say hello because I haven't seen your face in a while. I missed that face. And then I'm going to let you go ahead and take us down the L.A. Charger way. By the way, you like my little intro with the Scott Hall bad guy. The bad guy is back, baby. Uh, you you want to mess with – you say Scott <laughs> Hall. I say Reza Ramon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uzin Machismo. <The> machismo. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Lou Garini, Chargers fan, first time, long time. Uh, I feel like I'm like an – I feel like, a, you know, AA, an, an AA meeting right here. Uh, can, so, so before we get into the Chargers real quick, my thought process when it came to when it came to this free agency period, I didn't think it was an extremely robust uh, talent pool with the free agents. Uh, I thought it was kind of mediocre, so I had low uh, low expectations, and I realized the Chargers were never going to be big players in free agency this year, right? Uh, they did most of the heavy lifting last year, and I feel like their thought process was like, "Hey, we constructed such a good team last year, and we never saw it come to uh, to fruition." because of injuries. So I felt like I knew they were going to just, their main focus was bringing everyone back from the restructuring of the contracts of Mac, Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. When they did things of that nature, instead of cutting Khalil Mack or trading Khalil Mack, trading Keenan Allen to the the Patriots, you know, for maybe a, a second round pick or what have you. Right. So when they started uh, bringing back and restructuring the deals of these players, I'm like, all right, they're trying for one more run at this thing as opposed to you know, tweaking this team or retooling this team. So my expectation was extremely low on what they were you know, going to do in the free agency period. I thought they would wait until that, those second and third waves of free agency. So I want to get into the moves I did like from the Chargers. Uh, first and foremost, <clears throat> Uh, they brought. I like the fact that they brought back their own. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? And let's start off with uh, some of the you know, quick moves. I like them bringing back Morgan Fox. He's a. Uh, I thought he was a valuable chess piece last year. Interior defensive lineman, maybe you know more of a three technique. You can move him around, you know, up and down that D line. He had six and a half sacks for for the Chargers last year. 
for hit, and they and they brought him back at a cost efficient contract. I like that, and the reason being is because they didn't break the bank for someone getting six and a half sacks, right? If he was a bigger name, maybe a first round draft pick, maybe he would have commanded a bigger contract, right? But that being said, because his name is not uh, as as big as some of the other people on, on the market, he didn't command a big contract, and I think he was more valuable to the Chargers than he was to perhaps other teams. Uh, because of their scheme, right? They also brought back Donald Parham. Charger fans are huge Parham fans. I was ready to let him go. Um, they didn't break the bank for him either. Uh, it was actually really, a really cheap uh, two-year deal for him. Uh, I've just I've seen enough from him. Yeah, he, when he's on the field, he can play, but he rarely is on the field. I mean, this guy has seen limited action over the last couple of years. Nothing from him, I feel like, would make me feel like he has the ability to stay on the field. So. Hey, if he does stay in the field, I guess that's a bonus. But I have low expectations on his, on his availability, you know, for the next two years. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this uh, because oh, I was going to say it. You're going to say it. <laughs> I liked, uh, I liked the fact that they re-signed Trey Pipkins. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe I, the words "pip" liking signing a player named Pipkins came out of my mouth. I like. Let me tell you about uh, uh, pretty much. My affair with Trey Pipkins hated the pick when they selected him in the third round. It was an ultra, ultra uber reach at that time when they drafted him a couple of years back. He has been pretty bad, but last year he showed extremely serviceable. Uh, he, he even more serviceable, to be honest with you. Uh, he played he played through a lot of injuries and he he only left two sacks. Thought he did a great job uh, manning the right hand side of that offensive line as he played through these injuries uh, and. The fact that they get a quality starting right tackle. What I mean by that, Weston, I'm not talking about a star right tackle, but this guy is not a bum either. So a quality starting right tackle of $7 million a year for three years, though that's a pretty damn good bargain, right? In addition, I think it solidifies their offensive linemen and brings continuity amongst the front five. And the great thing is these, these hog mollies, they're together for the next three years. So they're all under contract for the next three years. So hopefully they can continue to gel together and grow together and mature together because they're all fairly outside of their center, Corey Lindsay. They're all pretty damn fairly, fairly young. Yep. So, um, so I, I like that because it didn't break the bank. It was a good value signing and where else you're going to get a decent, like I said, a decent right tackle. You can't have superstars up and down your offensive lineman of, of your offensive line because you have to pay other positions. But you know, that being said, I thought that was an extremely, uh, Shrewd mood by Tom Telesco. <clears throat> Next, uh, a signing I did like. I love Eric Kendricks, and I love the fact that they brought him in. I think he's going to bring a veteran leader, uh, you know, veteran leadership to a team that needs veteran leadership because they do a lot of boneheaded, uh, stupid uh, things, you know, time in and time out, right? And that stems from not having a, a, a leader in the clubhouse, right? So I love the leadership he brings. Maybe he can get Kenneth Murray, you know, situated right. Uh, and he, Kenneth Murray can, can learn from him because as of right now, Kenneth Murray is starting to flirt with that B word when it comes from a draft, uh, you know, rookie, not rookie, a, a player on a rookie contract bust. Right. So I like the fact that uh, it brings that veteran leadership. Kendricks, he's instinctual. He's smart. He blitzes well and he sees, you know, he sells against the run last year. He finished with 81.1 run defense grade, which was the seventh highest for running backs. What do the Chargers have trouble with the most for the last couple of years is stopping the run. So he's going to help them maybe plug up that middle to stop the run um, <clears throat> because they were, they were really susceptible, you know, um, up the middle as opposed to the sides when it comes to uh, stopping the run. So hopefully he can, he can do that for them. The thing is, he is, like I say, what makes him great is he's instinctual, but, you know, he is 31 years old. How much can he hold in pass coverage? If he's not getting there because of his instincts and his intelligence – you know, he can be had got. So um, that's, you know, that's the other flip side of this coin. Things I hated now. Low the fact that they let Drew Tranquil, um, you know, go. So this yeah, is, you, you've always been high on, on Drew and, and what he's yeah. done in this defense. So this has been a hot topic for Chargers Twitter, right? Um, <clears throat> basically, some people is like, yeah, we got Kendricks to replace uh, tranquil, why do you care so much? And other people, where this is where I stand. Why wouldn't you want to make a, 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 a strength stronger, right? 
So anything to do to kick Kenneth Murray, you know, you know, off the field as much as possible, because he, personally, I think he should be relegated to first and second down duties. He should be no long, no nowhere on the field during third downs. Kenneth Murray, uh, when he is opposing offense, you muted. I don't know why you muted yourself, but you were muted somehow. Anyway, sorry about that. Hold on. I think that's better, right? I think you're coming through your computer. Check check your settings to make sure you're not. You're going I think yeah, we're good, right? Yeah, now you're good. Now you're good. Yeah. Okay. So the fact, anything you can do to get Ken Murray off the field, um, and, and you know, is is a plus. He should be relegated to first and second downs. Uh, like I said, offenses usually isolate him on third downs and they throw right at him uh, because he he is the opposite opposite of, of of Kendricks. He's extremely athletic, but he's not instinctual. He's not intelligent. So they usually take advantage of that. So I thought they had to bring back Drew Tranquil so they can have a, a really deep linebacking core. And I also thought about bringing back Drew Tranquil would have really solidified that linebacking core for numerous years. It would have provided some stability. They didn't pick, they're not going to pick up Kenneth Murray's fifth-year option. So that means he's, he's gone next year, right? So now you're going to rely on a 32-year-old 32, linebacker and what? So I thought the fact that, you know, having Kendricks come back next year. Littering and littering <laughs> and. <laughs> but like all, all can aside, like, yeah, that was the issue. Like now where do they go? They're going to have to completely rebuild this linebacker core, you know, throughout the years. And if they brought back Drew Tranquil, it would have pro provided stability. Now the rumors are is like pretty much that he went to the Chargers. They offered him uh, a deal. He turned out he wanted to go test the free agents, the free agency market. Then what happened after that? His market was not robust whatsoever. He came back. He's like, okay, I'll take that deal now. And they're like, yeah, no, yesterday's price was not today's price. You can call that shrewd from the Chargers. You could, right? Yep. In my opinion, this was a guy that was extremely valued to, valuable to you because what Kendricks does not excel in, Drew Tranquil does. He's great in coverage being a former safety. He can go sideline to sideline. Has that has that quick, you know, that uh, that that quick uh, athleticism, right? So I, I hate the fact uh, that they got, you know, they let him walk. And I knew it was going to be to the divisional rival. I thought it was going to be the Raiders, but lo and behold, it is the Chiefs. But now it's the same old, same old with this team, right? Last year I lauded him for the first time in like nine years of building tremendous depth up and down the defense and offense. And once again, we are right where we started. There's no quality depth on the defensive line, offensive line, linebacker, and safety position. I know it's only the second week of free agency. I know you still got the draft. Those are a lot of holes they're going to have to make up. Uh, and those are my two cents, and I'm sticking to it. All right. I got a couple things I want to I chime in. I, I, too, you and I have talked about it. I love the, the Kendrick signing. Big fan of it. Just big fan of the player itself. And for me – I understand the depth component of this, and I'm not a big fan of letting Drew Tranquil walk, especially for what he signed for. I think there's maneuverability that can take place. But to me, you now have proven veteran leaders at all three levels of the defense. So when I think of the defensive line, I'm, I'm thinking of the edges, obviously Bosa, obviously Cleo Mack. Now for our linebackers, Kendricks, you talk about how that might be able to, you know, benefit Kenneth Murray and, and, and other names. Um, that's the thing right there. Wesson, no, no, I'm not going to let you get – you're an extremely intelligent football fan. You don't know who's behind Kenneth Murray. And, frankly, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't um, fault you for that because there are a bunch of sixth-round or seventh-round undrafted free agents are behind Kenneth Murray. Yeah. And here we are, the Chargers, what are they infamous for? Injuries, right? Yep. They, they have a precedent of, of not staying healthy. So, like you said right there – how how re realistic is both of them going to be able to stay healthy throughout the season? Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 use your terminology, right? Can't continue to manage this team like you're playing Madden with fatigue and injuries off, right? Like I'll just go to what you've always said, and that's felt like that feels like that's how they it's been developed. Um, and then obviously Derwin in the back, right? And and you got some some savvy people in the defensive backfield. Um, I was. Not shocked to see Nasir Adderley go, right? Like it's it's kind yeah. of um, but I think they almost look even more intelligent for not trying to re-sign him and then having this in, you know, thinking, okay, I'm accounting for him on our roster 
And lo and behold, and I didn't even know this till the other day, that he up and retired. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we're seeing too much of this, right? A 25-year-old, good, solid football player, right? That's coveted by, I think, would have been coveted in, in free agency, deciding to walk away. I mean, I read his post and obviously really heartfelt and good for him for prioritizing, you know, himself and his mental health and what he wants to achieve in life. But I think by Nasir making that decision for himself, whatever was motivating that, uh, it's less of a black eye on the Chargers of let than letting that individual, yeah, somebody like him, you know, he ends up in Kansas City, right? <laughs> like he ends <laughs> up in Las Vegas or Denver. Like that's the way this stuff usually happens, right? You you usually find yourself with a division rival who's seen you twice a year and understands what you're capable of and how can they fit into your defense. For me, what looms the largest for you guys, I do feel like because Bosa was out all of last year, we really didn't see him. And we certainly didn't see the best of Khalil Mack, right? So I think it's almost we did, like, we did with Mack in the beginning, but yeah. then when Bosa got, uh, got hurt, and every, all the protection slided to Mack, and, and the and season then, gets long real fast, right? Yeah. Like on 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 you know older bodies, etc. Um, so I'm excited to see that, you know, and what that dynamic into the defense. So long as we turn off the fatigue and and injuries in this game. <laughs> that being said, I think the situation that looms really large for you guys right now is the Austin Eckler situation. Um, obviously they've given him permission to seek a trade. I don't think there's any team out there that's going to pay him what he is asking for. Um, he's another guy best suited. We, we talked about this with Saquon Barkley. We've talked about this with other people. He is best suited for the offense he is in right now. Does he deserve to be paid? Like, I mean, dude, he was highly productive at the, the, the back half of, of, of last season. And he's pretty much always been, highly productive i don't know i mean but that 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 looms large that's an integral piece right now of this my, my listen my two cents here for those who know me uh they might blast me i was never i liked austin eckler but i um i'd be fine parting with him uh to be frank for some assets but then again i'm not sure what leverage he really has he's 28 years old right no leverage exactly who's gonna want to pay if you look at what's going on right now during free agency what happened in the running back market right yep uh running backs are not getting paid and it's getting late early uh for you know uh for those remaining running backs don't know where, who's his dance partner going to be yep right and not only do they have to give up capital for him but then they're going to have to extend him, him and too. he's going to want to like you know like 10 million a year yeah i saw 13 million or whatever yeah. it was now here's where eckler's got a He's got to understand the business side of this. The draft is coming. And when the draft comes, people take flyers on late round running backs and undrafted running backs, and they'll go for the youth movement. At, hey, what can I, what's the upside of this 22-year-old or this 20-year-old versus a 28-year-old with wear on, wear on the tires, you know? So let's, have, let's say uh, their targets, you know, the Chargers' targets are not on the board anymore at 21, but there is this uh, one B. John Robinson. You, you take I wouldn't do it. But like that's something that is a charger move right there. Right? I kick the tires right on them and I'm like, all right, your, your balls in your court, Austin. What do you want to do? It's <laughs> usually I mean? harder for veterans to gain employment after the draft for the compensation that they want because he, you have 32 teams that just added perhaps up to seven to ten players of cheap labor that yeah. they could be possibly you know falling in love with and they're like you know what we're gonna kick the kick you know kick the ball on these players instead so it's a it's a it's a dicey game he's playing once again we we made fun of Aaron Rodgers falling in the same a uh, trap as his predecessor Brett Favre but guess what Austin Eckler's doing the same exact thing as Melvin Gordon did with yep. the Chargers and look how well that turned out for him and I Not digress well. yep all right all right, more to come from from the Chargers and their free agency, especially as we get into draft preparation for for the the individual teams here. So, Lou, I'm going to give you the option here. Do you want to start looking at the first seven to ten days of free agency on a player basis, or do you want to start with like some teams and maybe we'll start with some teams that you think have improved through free agency thus far? Okay, so. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna let's we'll start with the teams, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, defer my defer the kick to you. I want you to go first. I want right. you to talk to me about some team, you know, a team that you thought really improved uh, along free agency. So you're deferring to the second half. I like that play. 
two Thank quick you. possessions. I, I I appreciate that. Yeah, going back, I have cotton mouth, man. I mean, we know why, <laughs> but like, still, like, sip that I, water, I, baby, sip that water, or whatever you're sipping. Me, quick spot advertisement. The we're talking football vino glass. There we go. Only water for this for this temple here. Uh, I get it, man. And listen, I like to treat my body like garbage so that it doesn't come accustomed to nice things, and then I'll just <laughs> we'll just grind through life together. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's that's my philosophy. Building an iron house here. All right. I'm going to start with some low-hanging fruit. And I'm going to start with our second favorite team. That's the, this is why this is why I wanted you. I appreciate you giving me the yeah, layup, man. Because uh, yeah. The Detroit Lions have improved. And and I think we saw the improvement come to fruition at the tail end of last year, right? So they're riding that momentum. But what was the deficit last year? I mean, the offense was putting up 30-plus points a game, right? But the defense was bad at times, atrocious at other times, right? And particularly their pass defense. I got yes. a bunch of stats here. I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. So for me, it's real simple. Like, they – you bring in CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, obviously from, from the Eagles last year. I mean, chef's kiss. Yeah. My man had six interceptions in 12 games last year, right? Like beautiful Cameron Sutton corner from Pittsburgh, consistent football player, right? Three interceptions last year. And then you bring in my guy, E-man, Emmanuel Mosley, who I talked about in this, my show was the one that pains me the most to lose as 49ers. He's a Tennessee Mm -hmm. Vols guy, undrafted guy, just a dog. I know he's coming off an ACL, but with like Sutton and some other pieces, like don't need to rush this guy back. But he, I mean, I'm telling you, Detroit Lion fans, that is a baller that you are getting on your team. When he is healthy, you are going to be very satisfied that you only gave up $6 million for, in my opinion, somebody who could be a premier corner in the National Football League. And Lou, you just you just hit the nail right on the head, right? The pass defense was atrocious. Now, part of that's rush, et cetera. But how do you get better at pass defense? Well, you shore up the back end of your defense. And those three names, to me, are going to take a huge bite out of the existing problem right now. So my my positive evaluation on their forward progress is based off of momentum at the end of last season, how that offense was going. Oh, by the way, they get Jamison Williams back for an entire season, right, being fully healthy. So just plug and play there on the offensive side of the ball. But it's all about getting better on the defensive side. What I see here is a heavy investment for them in the trenches, um, specifically on the defensive side of the ball throughout the draft. Young, um, this team is young. Uh, the Detroit the Detroit Lions are moving forward going into 2023. All right, so I, I knew you were going to go Lions here, and I'm glad I let you go first because I have a bunch of stats. stats and I agree with you. Lions were one of my favorite teams. Uh, they basically added 10 interceptions uh, to their secondary, you know, this year. I know, I know, you know, the advisor in me has to say past performance is not indicative of future returns. I get that, right? But you added, they added a tremendous amount of talent to that secondary, and they did it by not breaking the bank. Yep. All right. So Cameron Sutton was a 33, three year, $33 million. That's not, that's not breaking the bank. Got a steal in Mosley and Gardner, right? Yep. So they, they did so by not breaking the bank. Last year, they were on pace. That defense was on pace to have a, a really, you know, perhaps one of the worst, uh, you know, NFL defenses of all time through a certain, like the first seven to nine games, right? Then they started, you know, shoring up and what have you. But in particular, it was, it was their pass defense that was problematic. They gave up the second most yards per attempt, uh, third most passing yards in the, uh, in the NFL last year, eighth most passing touchdowns. So I love the fact that they brought in not top-heavy talent, like not trading for Jalen Ramsey and think he's going to solve all your issues. Instead, they got three really good players as opposed to one spectacular player because one they needed more than just one player. Sure. And love the fact that they brought in all those cards to, and they, they fit in right there to that defense. And you're right. Now they really put themselves in a position they can go best player available or maybe even for the future target a quarterback in the draft. Who knows? Yeah, I just – Love where they're sitting. I'm going to talk more about this as well. I love where the chips are falling in the division for them as well. Like all signs point up for the Detroit Lions going into 2023. All right. So since I stole one of your teams, give me another. I'm always prepared. Uh, I'm (laughs) going to stay in the NFC North. And I'm going with the other guys in the NFC North, the Chicago Bears. I absolutely love what they did 
through this offseason, not just free agency. Love the fact they unloaded the first pick for two first-round picks, two second-round picks. But here's the thing. We've always talked about, yeah, they got so many picks, but now what are they going to do with those picks, right? This is so infamous what happened with the, the Redskins and the Rams when the, they trade a boatload of picks. And can you name the players that the Rams took? It just it just wasn't memorable, right? Or what about the Ricky Williams trade? Or you know, so it's only the Herschel Walker trade that people can really bang out those names because people, when they have an abundance of picks, they start getting cute and going for higher ceilings, and and they never materialize. But so yes, they got two first round picks, two second round picks, but they also got a proven commodity in DJ Moore. Loved the fact that they got that. Who just signed a long term deal, so you don't have to worry about his contract status. You already know where he's he's not a variable from a contractual standpoint he is a fixed uh you know a fixed uh contract for you so you don't have to plan anything around there what i love about this it provides the chicago bears flexibility okay so it gives them a fair assessment of justin fields and during this evaluation if it's determined that this guy is not the man well guess what they have enough ammunition and capital next year to go get next year uh, next year's draft to go get the man so it, it does really provide a fair assessment and gives Justin Fields a lot of weapons to try to help him be better. And guess what? If this doesn't help him, they're not shit out of luck because they're basically what I can what I consider this deal. If if any poker fans are out there, it's an open ended straight flush deal. You don't have shit right now, right? But you got a bunch of options that you, most likely probability standpoint you're going to hit on something. Yeah. And that's why I love with the Chicago Bears is the time is right for them, you know, with the, the, uh, the changing of the guards out with the Vikings. I, I personally think soon uh, Packers with love. There's so much uncertainty in that division. Lines are up and coming. Now the Bears are throwing their hat in the ring and they did a great job with these moves. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Ryan Poles is just stealing the free, you know, the offseason show so far. Um, gotta gotta appreciate what he's doing. Everything that you just said, right? Flipping the number one to nine and sixty-one this year, first rounder next year, second rounder in twenty twenty-five, and then DJ Moore that I would argue that teams would give up a second round pick for right now, right? Like so you got basically let's call it three twos with in considering the the proven commodity to partner with Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. What I have in my notes here, because I had them a team that I thought obviously did very well for themselves thus far um, is not necessarily showing the long-term to commitment to Justin Fields, but a vote of confidence. Like, hey, we're going to go get you weapons. We think you can play this game, right? And we think you can perform at a high level. Uh, but the knock's always been like, hey, Darnell Mooney was your number one, right? Like that sort of thing. Now, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, bringing in Robert Tunyon, who I think is still just not recognized for whatever reason, even in Green Bay, how talented that guy really actually is. Um, I think that just gives them a lot of pieces. Don't sleep on this Donta Foreman edition as well with David Montgomery departing. Is Donta Foreman and David Montgomery the same football player? No, I actually think David Montgomery is a fantastic football player. I don't know what he really does for the Lions. I think they're still figuring out what the hell they're doing at running back to be fully honest with you I, I agree but I think Foreman I mean he had a tremendous back half of the season right and I know he's a vet but he doesn't got a lot of wear on the tires right like he's been, kind of been a journeyman so I think he can be you know he's a pounder right like and I think when you're down near the goal line are you running it in with him or you read optioning with Justin Fields you can do either right and you're yeah. going to feel confident in what the result's going to be they started to address a little bit of the offensive line, which is going to be the focus go forward trenches on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. But I even love the little injection into the defense, right? Younger guys like TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, the argument will be like, hey, you should have just kept Roquan Smith, right? Who is arguably one of the best, you know, off the middle linebackers in football. Um, do I think TJ Edwards or Tremaine Edmonds stand alone are as good as Roquan? No, I do not. But now you got two guys on the field that fly all over the football field that are young um, and have proven track records in this league. The, now you're starting to like invest into both sides of the football. So like I would literally stand up and give a standing ovation to what Ryan Poles do, has done so far. But here's the caveat: 
it's all got to gel. We've seen this before, right, in the offseason where teams spend a lot of money getting high-profile guys, feel like they're doing all the right things, and it kind of just, like, never works out, right? And I'm going to talk about that in a scenario that I see this playing out mm-hmm. um, when I talk about what some teams – I don't like what they're doing. So you talked about the Bears. I got one more if you got one more. I can go one more. Okay. So – I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, that was my one. You're All right, so good. We're, we're here, right? So we literally yeah. had the th- three same exact teams that we were going to talk about. Um, and this, you know how much this pains me to say this, right? To applaud anything that the Dallas Cowboys do. But I, I honestly think they set out, they accomplished what they kind of like set out to do. Like, I think it was a lot about retaining, right? They've, they're a really talented team. Yes. Do I think the loss of Dalton Schultz is going to loom large? I do. But I think the addition of Brandon Cooks is going to circumvent that a little bit because it was quite evident that um, Dak missed, right? Like, CD's a heck of a player, but he's just not enough on his own. And most receivers aren't, right? Like, you you still need that complement. And Amari and and CD were great together. Brandon Cooks is one of the most slept-on players in the NFL. All he does is produce – and he's done it with some very lowly quarterback play as well. And he just does it year over year. But then the other addition is for me, so I'm looking at this for, for two pieces and two pieces only. Three, the addition of Brandon Cooks, the addition of former defensive player of the year, Stefan Gilmore, who can still ball. Yeah, you know, I don't it, want to hear about age. Last year he played yeah. really good with the Colts. You just didn't know about him because he was on the Colts. Exactly. Like that's what it falls that boils down to. And guess what? He's not even going to be. He doesn't need to be Revis Island, right? Like that's what they they think that, they have ta- in Diggs. Yeah, that, that's a talent. That's a talented defense. It's a talent, talented secondary. It's a talented defensive coach. Um, yeah, I Real agree quick, with you. The most important thing that I think they did in this free agency was moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, that must. And have. now it's a full commitment towards Pollard go forward. Um, now. Is Pollard going to be a bell cow? No, we don't even see that in the NFL anymore. They'll find a piece, right? They'll find some youth via the draft, but it, you can't deny the fact that offense is just infinitely more explosive when number 20 was on the field versus number 21 over the last two seasons, mm-hmm. season and a half, whatever you want to call it. So those three pieces alone show me that the Dallas Cowboys have accomplished what they wanted to by the retention of a lot of their talent um, and took a couple steps forward. I'm going to reiterate uh, some of the things, but trying to sound redundant. So first I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. We already talked about Stefan Gilmore, right. Um, and why that's such a, you know, a big addition because the, it's, there's talent already up and down all three levels of that defense. So we're not going to, I'm not going to get into that. What I also love, they brought Donovan Wilson, who was an enforcer on the back end of that defense. He played really well for the Cowboys last year. Love the fact that they bring him back. There's more continuity there. And in, in addition, they brought back a lot of their defensive guys that know the schemes. And when you know the schemes, you play faster. And Dallas' defense is predicated on speed. They brought back Dante Fowler. They brought back Leighton uh, Vander Esch. Now, these are not sexy moves, but the fact that you're keeping the talent that got you to a top probably five defense that knows the scheme and you added – you threw a, a, a pinch of Gilmore in there, I, that defense, once again, you, you, did, you, you went far by not doing too much. So I love the Gilmore – acquisition now let's talk about on the other side of the ball love the fact they got rid of zeke elliott they had to get rid of him i think it was a year too late you know I, i'm always my i'm a firm believer you get rid of a player a year early than you do a year late um so i like the fact that they parted ways and turned the page on that chapter what i love about the brandon cooks now they've been they've been associated with odell beckham they've been associated with you know hopkins these big name players but what i love about the brandon cooks is it was really cheap to get. It wasn't expensive from a from an acquisition standpoint, and the capital they provided him you know, to get to get him right. It's going to provide them a deep threat, which they really need. I think it's also going to move CD Lamb into the slot, and most importantly, what it's going to do. I hated them resigning Gallup instead of uh, keeping Amari Cooper. I get it, the financials and whatever. I thought it was a bad move. It was kind of reminiscent when. You know, the Niners kept uh, Armstead over Buckner. I was always a Buckner guy. I get it. It's cheaper. But Gallup is not a number two. I'm sorry. Uh, I think what happens is this takes pressure off Gallup for trying to be that number two wide receiver and basically moves into the three. 
uh, and where he maybe can succeed again, right? Because he doesn't have too much attention. You have Cooks on one side, you know, flying down the field. Safety help's going to be over there. You have C.D. Lamb uh, preoccupying the middle. So maybe uh, Gallup gets a little more one-on-one attention. So uh, extremely prudent moves from the Dallas Cowboy from a team that hasn't been flashy, but in the late, you know, late nineties, early two thousands were predicated on being, you know, flashy. Yeah. I'm just, um, and and the timing is right because they're in a winnable conference, right. Which we'll talk a lot more when, um, we, we get closer to the season, of course, of like the disparity between the AFC and the NFC right now. Uh, cause it is, it is relatively drastic. So, Lou, you deferred to the second half. So, I'm thinking let's dive into a couple teams that aren't faring as well or you don't love their moves or just head-scratching or perplexed by what they've done thus far in the offseason. You, you got any of that jump top of mind to you? Number one has to be the Baltimore Ravens because yeah. this whole – I know this is ad nauseum. We're talking about Lamar Jackson. Lamar, it's either Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Fun game at home, guys. If you want, anytime you hear on, on talk radio or, or 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 talk, you know, TV, you know, sports TV or sports radio, when they ever say Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, take a shot. Yeah, no. uh, you enjoy yourself for that. But all can aside, this Lamar Jackson situation is a complete nightmare, a complete fiasco from it from an organization that's always been managed well and, and never has been in this type of limelight before, right? And this Lamar Jackson situation is literally holding this team hostage. I stated before there's only a couple teams that had less moves in the charges in the, in the, in the offseason. They're one of them because guess what? They don't know what to make because of this old Lamar Jackson situation. Um, so it's really handcuffing them. And they need to make moves. They need to add to the cornerback uh their cornerback is uh, the position that obviously wide receiver is a hot topic there, but they don't know what's going on because it all stems from that large looming contract. And you got to hate when well, you have a team like the Bengals ascending uh, you have a team like, you know, even the Browns made some good moves, right. You know, this off season by getting Elijah Moore. So their conference is not getting easier. The teams that used to be, you know, those walkovers, the Bengals and Browns and what have you, those no, those no longer the walkovers. There are no guaranteed wins. They are flirting with going from a top dog in that division to perhaps in the bottom of that division overnight. And I, yeah. I hate with the Ravens that they can't get this situated. And I get it from both sides. Of, you know, totally. Uh, I, I get it. Uh, but just get it done somehow. Yeah. So get go in a room, lock it up, and get it done. So I'm going to put some of this on Lamar and I'm not attacking Lamar, right? Like, dude, you, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to sign a contract for that. He's deserving of, etc. I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are handling the situation any differently than they would have in the past for any single player. What makes this harder is it's just silent, right? And it's silent because that's how the Ravens operate. But it's also silent because Lamar is representing himself and there's not an agent out there leaking certain things, right? Like, and anytime somebody tries to leak a rumor, Lamar just comes out and dispels it. And then then it's like, hey, Lamar, why don't you just come out and tell us what's happening in those negotiations? And I think that's what makes it a little crazier is there's just no, there's no indication in any capacity as to what is actually taking place behind the scenes other than a fact that a deal isn't getting done and you hit it the nail on the head handcuffed now the ravens are going to roll into a draft the hell do they do what decisions do you make you know you're a lot more confident on like who you're going to pick and who you might add based on if i know who my quarterback is right like what do you need to allocate so yeah, they were definitely on my list from, from a head-scratching standpoint, but I don't put this all on Baltimore, and I don't put it all on Lamar. It, it's somewhere in between, and it's not a dig at either one of them. It's the nature of the business, but like silence is deafening in this scenario, and it's making harder to kind of come to terms with. That's silent but deadly. Go ahead, man. Yeah. What about you? I'm, I'm going to probably get dra- dragged for this. But the New York Jets, I like. I, I get that. I get that. I just, 
most of this offseason has been about like we've all watched Mike Greenberg and like you know the his Twitter posts and what his wife is filming him doing and the reactions from longtime popular Jet fans that are all in on this Aaron Rodgers thing. But here's the problem, dude. It still ain't done. And I don't think it's even as close as the media would suggest it is. Right. I think there is, you know, Green Bay's got their heels dug in a little bit about like what they expect, etc. Do I think he's going back to Green Bay? Absolutely not. Here, here's why I'm I'm pegging. So they were provided a shopping list for all intents and purposes. They've gone out. Like, what are you doing? Why are you allowing one player who's not even on your team yet to dictate your behavior on how to run your organization? And let's say you do it, Lou. Let's say the Jets go out and fulfill the entire shopping list. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Let's say they bring in OBJ, right? Like you see that news that there there wants to be get a deal done, blah blah blah. What if Rogers just says I'm retiring? Now, I think what's even dude. Worse he was is- saying, hold on, he was saying no. you saw the Pat McAfee show. I, I did, I did. I I don't believe anything. He, I, he was, you know, in listen. He's still coming out and saying like, hey, before I went into the dark room or whatever the hell it was, I was retiring. And then I came out and I see these things and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, this is what we're doing for a guy who's toying with retirement or whatever it might be. Let's not escape the fact that my man's still 39 years old. I know he's a very good football player and has been, and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Get all that. But 39, dude, very few people have done it at that age. And this is still the New York Jets. I promise you, I talked to a lot of Jet fans, and their concern is, we'll still f this up somehow, some way. We will still find a way to f this up, and I don't care. You can fulfill the shopping list. You can bring Aaron Rodgers in. I still don't have confidence that you will write that scenario. It, it, to me, it just feels like a huge fumble, and the fumble for me is no way. If I run a business. Do I let somebody who's not even employed at my business dictate the decisions that my business makes? Period, point blank, end of discussion. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Not happening. The Jets front front office putting a lot of pressure on themselves because A, they have to still acquire Rodgers. And I do think that that happens. I I, I just think we're looking at it. This is a good old fashioned staring contest right now, to be honest with you. It's gonna uh, happen it's like, before the draft. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. happen before the draft. Yeah, right. So, but the reason why they're putting a tremendous amount of pressure on themselves is because A, they have to get Rodgers, and B, after they get Rodgers, it has to work. But that's and they're loaded at AFC. And this and is still the New York Jets. What happens if they go like nine and eight and don't make the playoffs? It's a it's an epic failure. Epic. Because he but could just did, hang it up on you. And guess what? If you're not making the playoffs, in the AFC is loaded. If you're not making the playoffs with Rodgers, the, these guys are gone. You're, the, Salo's gone. Uh, you, there, there should be no excuses anymore. You had the top defense. Like you brought in a, an established quarterback. What's the excuse? None. This is a lot. They're, they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves. I don't like it, but, man. It, it just smells. It smell. It has and, disaster and, written all and, over and it. And you know what? I also don't like it. <clears throat> look at look at that. That's a young locker room, right? Yep. No leaders in there, and I don't mean that in a negative way. There's no. There's not a lot of experience in the locker room. Now you got. Now you got this arrogant, established quarterback who's full of himself. I'm just having visions of him just coming in on Wednesdays and Thursdays, not Mondays and Tuesdays, throwing the ball a couple of times. Don't worry about. It. I'll get. I'll get you the ball during you know, on Sundays. And I, I, I think it could be a cancer to that team. But yeah, you know. I digress. Yeah, listen. Here's what's gonna happen. They're gonna trade for him, and they're gonna finish third in the division. That's what's gonna happen. I'm telling you, that's that's what's gonna happen. They're not. They're still not as talented as the Miami Dolphins or the Buffalo Bills, even with the quarterback. And I don't know. It, it's it's just got problem written all over it. You got another team? Um, I can say real quick the Colts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I'm saying the Colts, this is low hanging fruit. This has been a disastrous offseason. If, 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 if their intention was, is not to tank this year. So if they just haven't figured it out and 
it's a disastrous offseason. If they're like, you know what? With the Carolina trade and Houston having the second pick, you got you got uh, Arizona in front of us. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable giving up a boatload of assets to move up one spot to get a quarterback, and then the, you know, the, the cupboards are barren now. There's nothing for this quarterback to succeed. Let's just kick the ball, get under get under cap, and let's try for one of those big quarterbacks next year. Yeah, so punt and get out of the top ten. It depends. It depends. If they're not trying to tank this year, it's a disastrous offseason for the Indianapolis Colts. If they are trying to tank this year, kudos to them. It's a brilliant one. No, no, they need to punt and get outside the top ten, like yeah. ASAP. Okay. Um, I'll throw another one out there, and then we can um, kind of wrap up with just like a player or two we like or we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, the fit, at least. I'm, I'm going to take the other side of this Rogers equation. Let's take the Green Bay Packers. They, yeah, Once the situation. They're like the, Ra- they're like the Ravens. Yeah. They've been handcuffed too. They've been staring this situation in the face. I mean, they're a little less handcuffed because. Rodgers is not going to remain a Green Bay Packer. I'm telling you, if the Jets don't pull the trigger on the trade, he will just retire. He's not going back to Green Bay. I don't care how you cut it. If he does, if I'm the Packers, I'm benching him because he's coming back to burn the city to the ground. Like That's going to be his intention because that's his mentality. But they've been staring down the barrel of this for the last three years, dude. And it's finally going to hit them, and it's going to hit them probably at the worst time where they are just void of offensive talent at this point, right? Like, he's not coming back. Fact. You lump in the fact Lazard gone, Tunyon guard, Cobb, Cobb gone. That's 42% of last year's receptions, 45% of last year's receiving yards, 40% of last season's receiving touchdowns are all gone out the door. Where, what are you leaving for your new starter? that you invested a first-round pick in, in Jordan Love. Honestly, when Rodgers leaves, dude, I am telling you, it is a high likelihood that the Green Bay Packers finish last in the NFC North last year. I could even argue that I'm – I think Minnesota is going to take a step back from what they did last year, but yeah, I think they yeah. did some things this offseason to address their weakness, which was the defensive side of the ball, right? They, they made some plays to, to get some people there that I think I don't think are going to up the ante. I don't see them winning 13 games next year, to be honest. But I look at this Packers roster, and this doesn't feel like a good football team right now. The defense man. is good. It looks good. It just doesn't feel like everybody – listen, everybody else in the NFC North, I'll say Vikings are here. Bears are going this way. Lions are going this way. And the Packers are going this way. So the Packers are the Silicon Valley uh, bank of the NFC North. SVB. What, what have we said for the last two off seasons when we would pick our division winners? We go, oh, Aaron Rodgers is still there. They win the division, right? It was a Can't certain say that, yeah. Can't say that, right? Yeah. You took away the ace up the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not good for the Green Bay Packers right now, and I don't. I have very little faith in Jordan Love. I'm sure he can be serviceable in the short term, but in a year from in next year's draft, they'll be looking at a, a first round quarterback again. I'll guarantee. I'm, I I I I take that bet all day. I don't know what the odds are, but I I, I put the mortgage on it, man. It's not going to okay. be good for the Green Bay Packers. All right, mm-hmm. cool. So talk to, about me, talk to me. Talk to me about love. a player you love. Well, I think we already did that with the Cooks and Gilmore thing. I wanted to go to the hate. Okay, go to hate. All right, so I have a controversial take here. The move I hated was the Atlanta Falcons signing Jesse Bates. Wow. Can I tell you why, though? Wow. Can I tell I you why? I hope it's not you're not going to knock the player because the player is a significant player. player's phenomenal. But look at the safety market. Yeah. After after he got signed, they four years, sixty four milli for Jesse Bates, phenomenal player. Not saying he doesn't deserve it, but you know, uh, CJ Gardner, yeah, John Johnson's still out there. Not saying they're on his level. Yeah, you hate the contract. I, you hate the contract because the safety market corrected sharply after that. Yeah, sharply. He was the first to go. I know. So I'm not saying he's. he's um, I'm not saying he's going to bring value to that defense. They need playmakers on that defense. They have Terrell, uh, you know, Grady. Uh, they 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 need you know you know players. But once again, they're that defense needs just more than like you know, three players. They need a lot of help on that defensive side of the ball. 
So think what could have they done? Think about it. If they signed, you know, a lesser safety and addressed numerous positions along that defense, right? That's a bad defense. Just saying, just yeah, saying. No, no it's, listen. It's outside the box. I, listen, I, so I have two signings that I, I hate. One of them, it's not necessarily the fits for the team, right? I've actually think because this free agent and, and it hasn't been explosive like it normally is in free agency. Like there's still a lot of big, big names, popular household names that are still on the market. And it's going to take a while to get through those. I think it's been outside of like, I think right teams have signed the right players for what they're looking to fill in void. For me, it's about contracts from time to time. So one that I hate, and this is about the contract as well, is you just mentioned the Indianapolis Colts, how they're struggling. So why are we telling me that their prize free agent acquisition is kicker Matt Gay, who they're going to pay $5.62 million per year. That is second highest paid kicker in the league behind Justin Tucker. Now, the only, the only way that this makes sense is you're telling me that your offense is like never going to get inside the 30-yard line and you're going to score touchdowns and you need to line up and kick. But, dude. I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> Justin Tucker is going to be the, the, like, the best kicker of all time, right? Like he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame kicker. You're going to put him right up there with Adam Vinatieri, Morton Anderson, like these guys that – Gary Anderson, these guys that just did it forever and did it at the highest of levels. You are not going to say that about Matt Gay. And the kicker is the position that is most likely to gain the yips. If you're not familiar with the yips, it's like, hey, you miss one and then you miss 10 because you have no idea. And you start putting change in your left pocket and turning your helmet sideways and wearing your mouthpiece differently. Like, why in God's name, with the needs that this team has, is the priority say, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get the league's second highest paid kicker in the national foot. It's just... I'll go back to what you said. It just spells like, hey, we're we're we're, we're punting. See, I'm I'm, I'm disagreeing. We're with kicking. You. No pun intended. We're kicking field goals this year. I, I, I'm disagreeing with you because I feel like you've been spoiled with you know a good kicker. You can when when you don't have a kick you you complain when you don't have a kicker you complain about it like when Spoken you when you're somebody when, who's had kickers who have missed big time kicks exactly so so I'm gonna I'm, I totally disagree with you here, man. I don't mind that whatsoever. That's not making or breaking them. If anything, it's just it's it's automatic. All right, that's good. we're going to be fine at that. It's a critical, you know, a, a critical position, you know, for the offense. So I'm disagreeing with you. Like so, I said, if they are tanking, it all makes sense. Yeah, but like, let's put it this way, bro. Let's say they go four and thirteen, and Matt Gay goes thirty-five for thirty-five that's and fine. seven for seven. 50 plus nobody cares Man. nobody's gonna even talk about it and you're gonna, you're we went four and 13 and that was our prize free agent acquisition no man what you're not understanding is when you don't have a kicker you're doing kicking tryouts every goddamn week and what? it's the no dude you're saying that because you never had you haven't had that in how long i don't want to hear it you're yeah, wrong you, you that's like you know that you are the quintessential person that, that doesn't have a child and be like being a parent doesn't look that hard so yeah, shut yeah. up no i well, totally disagree with you <laughs> bro first of all i have a child and i have another one coming so I i'm just i'm just making a man, i'm just making a yeah, metaphor man you, and you're you, right you, the 49ers haven't had that issue in a while so right? i don't because yeah i could have been robbie gold could have been david Akers. i mean yeah, they've had let's, some let's, consistency yeah, exactly. at the kicker position i'm going to tell you one i really hate real quick yeah the Titans, Andre Dillard, three years, $29 million. He's Good. This was my number two as well, so we can talk right. about that. All right, so he's replacing an injured – you're replacing an injured Taylor Lewan with an unproven, off-injured Andre Dillard. The only reason why he's getting that money is because he's a first-round draft pick. This guy hasn't proved anything, couldn't get into the lineup of the Eagles, and they started a rugby player over him, right? Not not faulting uh, Jordan Maliata, whatever the hell his name is, right? But, like, the fact that he couldn't – you know, this – First round draft pick cannot out, you know, uh, beat a, a, a former rugby player is problematic. Problematic to me. So the fact that the Titan, that was their big move is, is Andre Dillard. I'm sorry, and gave him that much money. Now we said before, yeah, you gave Trey Pipkins seven million dollars a year, but at least you saw what Trey Pipkins. You have like some sample size. Dillard's been either hurt and or non-active. 
So I what totally. Are you, what, agree. Are you, what are you? What are you paying for? you're not paying for past performance because there is none, right? There's no body of work. I mean, he started, what was it? Nine total games in his career. You're paying on a draft selection there. You are. I mean, on the surface, you look at it and you're like, oh, starting left tackle, three years, 29 million. That's less than $10 million a year. That's a steal in the NFL, right? But that'd be a steal if it was a proven commodity. You, this is to me, is just like hope and a prayer, and not this, rewarding for past this performance. Is the, this is the quintessential pull and pray method. Yeah, totally. Pull, pull and pray. <laughs> See how far that's gotten a lot of people in this world. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that being said, like, I mean, he didn't even get like a start. You don't know what you have. He didn't even start a game. And the, and the fact that they're just going to hand him the starting position. Yeah. Which I mean, that's like, also an indication as to where Tennessee's trajectory is going as well. I, I, I get it. I get it. But there are other offensive tackle. Like they didn't have, you know, there's other off. There's other, they have an early draft pick. I'm not saying they can't add more to the offensive line. I don't like the fact that you're paying a guy who was off injured, couldn't crack a lineup, uh, you know, that, that much money and just going to hand him the keys to your quarterback's blind side. Yeah. So, Lou, I know you talked about some of your favorite signs with the teams that have done well. I have three names on here that we haven't talked about. Go ahead. I'm I'm tapped out. I'm tapped out. All right. I'm going to rattle them, but you'll be able to talk about it. So my absolute favorite signing in this off um, in free agency, this off season so far is David Long Jr. Going to the Miami Dolphins. That is my literally my favorite signing. I, I know a couple of Dolphin fans. I texted them directly as soon as this happened. I was like, you will love this guy. Because these Dolphin fans, I'd say they're football fans. But are they following other teams and other players like with the velocity um, and, and, and veracity that you and I do? Probably most likely not. But I know he only played 12 games last year. But this dude is super instinctive, flies to the football, you pair some of his specialties are actually getting to the quarterback and oh who's that defensive coordinator in Miami right now the the infamous Vic Fangio he's going to love this piece and then you pair him with Jerome Baker who's not a superstar on his own but these two will fly to the football and be a problem at the second level for defenses like you're not running sideline to sideline on this team like they are going to they are going to literally outrun your running backs. They're going to outflank flank your tackles, and they're going to eat your chipping wide receivers alive. I love this day. I've, I've just always been a fan of David Long, and I think this is a peak signing for the Miami Dolphins, who now you add in the Jalen Ramsey piece, right? Like they're trying to invest in that. The, the offense is there. We've seen what the offense can do when it's humming and the, you know the right quarterback's playing and they're in rhythm. Now you try to have the defense keep up with the offense where in past years it was the offense was trying to keep up with the defense. Yeah, uh, I, I do like what the Dolphins did on that defensive side of the ball. What they did, they create a lot of depth uh, behind their starters and David Long, Malik Re- uh, Reed's a, a decent edge rusher. Like they had, they had, uh, they brought back Andrew Van Ginkle. They, they did a good job of addressing, you know, next man up mentality, even not from an injury standpoint for more of like, Hey, you know, take a breather. Like, they are really deep on that defensive side of the ball. Another one I'm going to throw out is Orlando Brown Jr. Okay. Going to the Cincinnati Bengals. You like that? I like for the Cincinnati Bengals. I love it for them. Not so good for Orlando Brown, who, if we believe the reports that we've seen, lost a lot of money in this contract. No, but you know what? He lost. He he gained a lot more guaranteed money. Guaranteed, yeah. But that's that what's means, all about. This is. This is a gift falling into the bank. What has been the knock for the last years on the Bengals? They can't yeah, the quarterback. But my thing is, they gained the land of Brown, but they're gonna they're losing Jonah Williams. And I know Jonah Williams is not an all world beater. I get that, but wouldn't you really like to have both of them, like along that offensive line? That that would make me feel a little better. You would, but like if you're both of these players, I'm not going to right tackle. What's, I'm a left tackle. Jonah Williams yeah. is going to be in search of his contract extension very soon, and he doesn't want it pegged as a right tackle. It's a business at that point. And if I'm, if you put Orlando Brown and jo- and um, Jonah Williams in front of me, I'm choosing Orlando Brown. That's the choice that I'm making, yeah. right? Like, so if they're hand, and there's nothing to say that Jonah Williams got to go, 
right? They have to agree to a trade. They have to do those things. He's going to sit out. Fine. You recoup money. You figure it out. He wants to play because he's playing for a contract. Bro, you got to slide over to right tackle. Chances are you just got a little better at right tackle. You're not going to sit out, right? Like, so I think, I just think this played out better than Cincinnati could imagine. It's another Mm -hmm. scenario where the rich get richer, right? And it happened by accident. I promise you. The Bengals didn't walk into the offseason being like, I think we can go get Orlando Brown. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think they thought that um, for a second. Yeah, but on the flip side, they lost P. Ryan. They lost their, both of their starting secondary uh, safeties. Yep. I think they reallocated some of their um, – uh, basically some of their, uh, their losses into the Orlando Brown deal. Yeah, I mean – you know, they did bring in Nick Scott, right? So they did bring in a safety um, to to help combat, but they did lose Jesse Bates. They did lose Hayden Hurst and say what you want. He's been very productive for them. Mm-hmm. Von Bell, right? So they did lose both of their starting safeties. And you go find some some depth in, in the draft, and there'll, there'll be players to be had. Now, the other piece here, do you, do you think there's any way in hell I would let you get out of this show without mentioning one thing 49er related? Not, no, no. Come on. <laughs> No, no way in hell. I gave you the floor for the Chargers and didn't bat an eye. We're going to talk about hey, it. You had two seconds. shows. You did two yeah. shows. I, 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 and I didn't even spend a lot of time on this individual yeah. in the show, but Javon Hargrave um, going to the – listen, I never for in a million years thought the 49ers were going to be aggressive. In free agency, I thought they were going to do what top-tier teams do is like find depth. We're going to – we lose a lot of players, find some potential players. They've drafted in past drafts and redshirted some players that – they probably expected to fill some of those gaps, et cetera. So I just thought it was cheap veteran depth all the way through. And then your youth movement happens in the draft floored by the Hargrave signing. I know it's a lot of money, but what I like most for a 30 year old, I'm not losing sight that he's a 30 year old player. What I like most about this is to me, this is the 49ers admitting. Kinlaw is not that guy. <laughs> Kinlaw is not that guy. And that's fine. Right. If he's not, he's not right. DeForest Buckner going, listen, when DeForest, everybody wants to say, it's the same contract, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? When DeForest Buckner, when we had to make that decision on him, it was also COVID when the um, the salary cap dropped tremendously, right? And you didn't it's have, you didn't have a quarterback under a rookie contract. Where- 100%. So now, you, now I think they're saying, like, okay, this is going to be our guy. De- DeForest is gone. Kinlaw. Here's we're not going to pick up your fifth year option. Here's your last year. Like get healthy, get right. You'll get reps. You'll get into the 53, but if, but we'll move on. But what I love about it is like, what do we always talk about with the 49ers is that they play bully ball in the trenches. And you mentioned it earlier in this show, continue to build on a strength. What's always been one of the strengths of the 49ers, the defensive line, right? So you add, I mean, dude, Kinlaw was an animal last year an animal this guy is only missing three i mean excuse me um hargrave they both have the first name i was gonna say if kinlaw was an animal we turned like a bunny no (laughs) a a teddy bear um (laughs) hargrave was a beast last year and he's and he's durable dude he's missed three games in like his whatever seven-year career like and he adds to that physicality what do you always talk about is important in the nfl pressure up the front right like he's a pressure from the D tackle position. Like, yes, you're paying them a, a lot of money, but the truth be told, the 49ers defensive line is not going to be as deep as it has been in years past going into 2023. So look for those high quality starters, right? Now you look at a defensive line that is consistent of defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, Arik Armstead, second year player, um, Drake Jackson, Drake Jackson and then a couple depth pieces behind it that are going to be reclamation projects for Chris Kasurik, who we've seen just yeah. build future contracts for all these players like Cleveland Farrell. Like yeah, the guy's like the guy's like Jesus, just resurrects like these like these highly touted uh, prospects that were supposed to be good. And, and uh, but I think what you're missing here is your defensive line is so good, and in your division, all your opponents' offensive lines are a straight up booty. Mm-hmm. Cardinals, offensive line, garbage. Rams, offensive line, garbage. Seattle's Seattle, getting better. Getting better, but they're still young, those bookend yeah. tackles. So it's going to be interesting because uh, you always want to play to win your division. And I feel like that's a huge chess, meet, uh, chess piece that you guys uh, – a brilliant chess move that you guys made 
by adding Hargrave. Because no, I feel like no one would have predicted that. And what it signifies to me is what we all know as fans is the window is still now, right? Like the window is still now, so we want to keep pushing the gas down to the best of yeah, our ability. Yeah. So that being said, all right, Lou, that wraps us up for again just a quick recap on the first seven to ten days. Reminder to listeners out there: there is still a ton of recognizable talent in the free agent market. I'm saying recognizable by name, right? There's still a lot of good players that will find homes. Here's the issue. Most of them are going to find homes post the NFL draft. When they, when you don't go in those, that first 14 days post free agency, a lot of times you wait till after the draft and then you figure out what teams missed on the players that they want that still have needs. They understand what their cap is going to look uh what it'll look a little better, you know, a little more like, et cetera. Um, and you'll see those names go. So we're going to keep abreast of this situation, but at the We're Talking Football podcast, we're going to actually start to begin our preparation for the NFL draft, which is a little over a month away. Um, obviously, the 49ers have no skin in this game, so maybe we'll record live from Lou's basement as we're watching the first <laughs> round and see what the Chargers no, do. No, 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 because I won't be in the right mind state. Yeah, that, that's that, true. That, I'll be. That, I'll be like filming him secretly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, to I'm gonna be sweating like a like a prostitute in fucking church. I don't, dude. I don't even have to turn until like midnight on day two, right? Yeah. <laughs> the time the 49ers draft. But Lou, it's been a while since we've done it, so just remind everybody where they can find us. They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL. <laughs> and Weston, <laughs> where can they find us on YouTube, buddy? We're talking football podcast. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. You've already, I've already talked a little bit about Island 49. Lou's going to be putting out some of his stuff too. Just a reminder that all of that is going to roll into the We're Talking Football podcast, even though it's going to be independent efforts. This is that's the hub. This is the, the parent company, if you will, if you think about it from a, a business perspective. So we're going to traffic everything to there. Um, to the best of our ability. Baloo, always just always a pleasure catching up. Till next time, my friend. Take care.